When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Geekscape, it's welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London. If this is your first Geekscape, strap yourselves in. We're going to be talking movies, video games, comics, pop culture. That's pretty much what we've been doing for the last 13 years. Uh, So if this is your first Geekscape, welcome. If this is your, I don't know, 600th Geekscape, including specials, welcome back. Um, Yeah, I think you're awesome. I think you're awesome if you're a first-timer, or I think you're uh, awesome if you're an old-timer, because the point is... You're here. Um, So it's just me today on the podcast. I want to do a little bit of a State of the Union episode. I do that every now and then. Um, But if you want to hear me with a guest, maybe go back and listen to Marie Jamora on the last episode talking about uh, the Philippines and growing up in the Philippines and like how her uncle would smuggle VHS tapes wrapped in tinfoil into the Philippines so that she could watch American movies um, growing up. And um, if you want to listen to a special with Ian Kerner, uh, go back and listen to the Car- Captain Marvel special or maybe the one about uh, Into the Spider-Verse or Aquaman uh, whenever there's a big release in the pop cultural world, mainly like a Marvel movie or a big popcorn movie. We're going to have one coming up here uh, next week for Shazam. I like to sit down with Ian and talk about the ins and outs of it because Ian is such an encyclopedia of comic book knowledge. And, of course, he's got some wonderful opinions. So if you want a different kind of Geekscape, go back and listen to one of those. I just like that you guys are listening to Geekscape. Um, so thank you for choosing us on your drive or at your desk. <laughs> or maybe you're like my friend Kevin Netsley and you listen to Geekscape as you're laying down to sleep. And I'm the last thing that you hear. <laughs> um, so let's get going. I uh, I just wanted to talk a, a bit about what's been going on recently, both personally, professionally, and socially here at Geekscape. Uh, mainly, I went to WonderCon this past weekend. Uh, I experienced WonderCon. And um, we do not have a booth. <laughs> we have not had a WonderCon booth in years um not like san diego san diego we have the booth again this summer we've had the the booth for the last 10 years at san diego but san diego is like the spring break uh for geeks it's the geeks spring break and it's really an event and it's really worth doing the inventory on the shirts and packing up and driving everything down there and uh, doing a couple extra days and it's a lot of work and it is the most exhausted i'll be the entire year but it's worth it. I get to catch up with Matt Kelly and Derek and the rest of the Geekscapists. I get to meet a lot of you guys. And as far as a filmmaker goes, as far as being a filmmaker, it's fantastic real estate. And 
I don't know if you guys know how Comic-Con works, but Comic-Con was the first thing I signed up for after getting the Geekscape.net URL. When I decided I was going to start a podcast called Geekscape, I said, I'm going to get the URL. It's going to be a network, which we are. (laughs) We are a Geekscape network. Um, And uh, it took a couple years, but we're there. And I'm going to get a booth at Comic-Con. It took four years to get a booth at Comic-Con. That was the wait list. Back in 2000, uh, I guess late 2006. And in 2010, we, we got um, our booth. So if you're counting the years, 2010, 2009, this will be our 10th year, our 10th summer uh, as uh, exhibitors at Comic-Con. And the difference between Comic-Con in San Diego and Comic-Con in Anaheim is An- WonderCon's a little bit smaller. And the floor is smaller. It's less of an event. Places, uh, big companies like Marvel or the various TV studios and film studios don't really go down to WonderCon and do anything more than hold panels and promote. But they don't really have presences on the floor. So you do get a lot of indie dealers. You get a lot of indie publishers. And they're cool. And I loved walking around and seeing some of the uh, artists that were uh, doing the art there. And there were some really cool uh writers and and uh and, and artists there we had like Scott Snyder from DC and Tom King uh they're known for writing the Batman books the last couple of years and seeing names like that you don't get much bigger in comic books and i know that uh X-Men Dark Phoenix had a panel in the in the big arena which i'd never been in until this past weekend uh so you do get like the biggest of the hollywood talent as well it's just for me, I live in Los Angeles. I'm probably not going to get a hotel in Anaheim. I'm probably going to make the one-hour drive in the morning and back each night. And after you're running a booth and you're hanging out at the Hilton for a little bit afterwards to catch up with old friends, that drive becomes a monster. And I was not – I just – could not justify it when the attendance at WonderCon just isn't – it's just not the event that San Diego Comic-Con is. So a lot of people ask me, hey, man, where's your booth? <laughs> WonderCon weekend is always, hey, man, where's your booth? I get texts or Facebook messages. And I just have to keep saying we don't have a booth at WonderCon anymore. If it When it was in San Francisco, we exhibited for one year, and it was great. Uh, we drove up and had a hotel, and it was very much like the San Diego experience – uh, it was a destination. It was a lot of fun. The other thing I wonder, uh, I witnessed this past weekend at WonderCon, and I only went for a day. I only went Friday, which was the smallest of the three days, was this con fatigue that was going on with a lot of the creators. They went from, uh, let's see, I think the first one was Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Then they had C2E2 in Chicago. I could be switching those. One could, I mean, for two straight weeks, they had Emerald City and C2E2. Uh, and then they have WonderCon. So a lot of those creators were working on their third straight weekend of being in a convention. Probably not in a city that they live in. And the fatigue was just everywhere. There were a lot of creators that I was talking to or, or just catching up with who were exclaiming that this was the third weekend in a row that they were at a convention. Uh, mainly uh, my friend Dan, who runs the booth for... Uh, Skybound, who does Walking Dead and Saga. No, that's Image, not necessarily Skybound. But they do sell Saga stuff at that booth. I think I think for WonderCon, it's not the giant monstrosity that we have in San Diego. It's just this 
it's kind of a smaller booth and it shares image and skybound together but dan is there at the booth and he's like he just poor guy looked like death he and his girlfriend alana are there and i like talking to them um so yeah it, it was a marathon for a lot of those people and i went down friday because i was on a panel for our friends at fanbase press our friend bryant Dillon invited me onto a panel with uh, he's a former geekscape guest another former geekscape guest hannibal taboo was on the panel and uh, brian's wife barbara who runs fanbase press with him uh and our new friend justin he was on a panel with us and the panel was about the 10th anniversary of Zack snyder's watchman and i know that brian recorded it they have a fanbase press podcast that is going to uh put the episode out i totally recommend that you guys listen to it it was a fantastic conversation about Zack Snyder's Watchmen because I'm not a huge fan of Watchmen the uh comic book series that that is legendary but I was young when it came out and I think that my appreciation of Watchmen is a lot like my younger friends appreciations of Nirvana they're like oh well yeah I grew up with Nirvana they kind of existed they didn't really see the watershed of Nirvana showing up where it was all hair metal bands <laughs> and like new kids on the block for years and then within a week nirvana showed up and just cleaned it all out and suddenly you started having alternative rock and all that stuff i mean it's just a real watershed and i think that watchman is like that as well where you just had i mean it's it's less than 20 years removed from adam west's batman and how poppy and campy and, and and goofy that stuff is and then like almost 15 years later a little over 15 years later you end up with uh, with Watchmen, which is just unflinchingly grim and uh, and mature, and the 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 movie I would say is more so. The movie is is kind of like got its own thing going on, and it, I watched it again, and it's just really unrelenting and uh, dark, and <laughs> it's very grim. But I like the movie, and I appreciate a lot of the movie. So uh, we had a pretty lively discussion there in San Diego. Or sorry. We don't do San Diego. Oh, I don't drive down for uh, San Diego. I stay in San Diego. But I had a pretty good uh, conversation with everybody, and I will definitely share when that podcast is up. So be a part of Geekscape on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and you'll listen. You'll be there when when that episode hits. Uh, It took me two hours to get down there. Yet another reason I do not do a booth at Anaheim was I left at like noon. I tried to avoid the morning traffic. I tried to avoid the evening traffic from Los Angeles to Anaheim, which is less than 60 miles away, and it still took me two hours to get down there on a Friday, and I imagine Saturday and Sunday was worse because there's beach traffic everywhere. We do live on the coast, and that just happens. Once I got down there, though, I got to tell you, um, I got kind of (laughs) depressed. I'm laughing now, but... I was profoundly depressed uh, wandering around WonderCon, and not just because it was a pretty thin um, day for for WonderCon, definitely the lightest of the three. I've been thinking about where like my place is in all this as a creator and as a podcaster, because I'm kind of in between those those worlds of uh, or involved in both, maybe firmly involved involved in both, where I'm creating the content, um, like. We just came off of the uh, Chasing Fletcher Allen, and that'll be out. Heidi likes to call it a short film. I like to call it a TV pilot. <laughs> what it is is it's 22 minutes of really fun content that I think you guys can see how stories can sprout out of it, how it can be self-contained, 
either way, we made it for you guys, uh, and and she's just really good in it, and it, it's her story, and um, and I'm really 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 honored that that uh that she had faith in me directing it and co-writing it with her um because i think we made something really really good and i can't wait to share it with you guys that being said uh i have a lot of deadlines this past weekend so i knew i couldn't go on saturday and sunday because i also am trying to get my screenplays out there and the one i'm working on right now is actually really really personal and it deals with some of the, the changes I've gone through the last several several years and how I'm kind of giving birth to this new person, right? I was married and I uh, was dealing with a lot. And it's funny enough, I've been thinking a lot about Watchmen and Dr. Manhattan and how Dr. Manhattan, when John has the accident that that like obliterates him, like he gets atomized and then like a Swiss watch, uh, he has to put himself back together with all these different pieces. And over the course of like, I think in the comic in the in the movie it was like a, a a couple months, he starts to reconstitute himself atom by atom, back into what turns out to be uh, Doctor Manhattan, who has this amazing power over atoms and and matter, and he can obliterate things or create things however he sees fit. He can multiply himself. He just has almost an infinite power. Um, but I thought about those, the, those sequences of John reconstituting himself as Dr. Manhattan. And obviously when John gets on the other end of it, he's Dr. Manhattan, who is an observer uh, in life. Because he's, he's, he's almost uh, – I mean he's almost infinitely powerful. So he, he sees the day-to-day and the emotion of being a human is almost unnecessary. It's almost a, uh, an inconvenience, right? And me, oh man, I I am so much more emotional than I've ever been, but I'm vacillating between um, just super highs and then these lows, and the lows aren't anything dangerous. The lows are just something that I have to weather. And you guys who are friends with me on Facebook will see some of the things that I post from meditation and therapy, et cetera. And I like sharing those things with you, but walking around WonderCon, I, I just started wondering, like, what is my place in this? Right, I don't really want to consume a lot of this stuff anymore, and I still enjoy the superhero movies, and I still enjoy comics, and I still enjoy pop culture a lot, and I think that it's a very powerful tool for commenting on our own existence, and I think it's a great prism through which to see what we're doing as as people. I really think that what we're celebrating here is a modern mythology, and I like to celebrate it a lot on our show. Because I think that we belong together, and I think that we need to have a uh, some some level of culture that promotes being good and promotes positivity and promotes uh, cultural responsibility and social responsibility. And I think that with Geekscape, the whole idea of like don't hate, create is let's be accountable to each other and let's be nice and 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 be there and be a community. And so I think the idea of community is really important to me. And being at WonderCon, I didn't know where I fit in it because you just have. The fans and the creators, and I really was like, "Is this still my bag?" It it was a lot to take on, and 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 it kind of bummed me out. And I saw another Geekscape guest, uh, Oliver Ridge. He's a he's a filmmaker and comic book uh, creator, and he was walking around, and he was kind of like, "Yeah, I don't really get this con right now." And I turned a corner, and there's Phil Lamar, who is a former Geekscape guest, who's 
Fletcher Allen in Chasing Fletcher Allen. I said hi to Phil. And so it was good seeing everybody. It was good getting out of my room and, and, and getting down to Anaheim. Uh, and wandering around the con, I feel like I'm almost complaining about cotton candy because why are you complaining about something that's good? But I don't think I'm complaining as much as just trying to navigate what we're doing. I mean, I'm 40 now. <laughs> I have the increased health insurance rate to, to prove it. <laughs> and and I'm not saying that you have to let go of childish things, although the the, the Jesus activist outside on the corner yelling at people who were going into WonderCon definitely was yelling that uh, we're a bunch of sinners. Um, but I think that I have to I have to navigate like how much I'm taking in and how much I'm putting out because I've just been putting out a lot. I've been writing a lot and I really, really love it. And it's making me so happy and it's been so cathartic that I turn around and I'm like, oh, wait, I'm going to take in other people's stories. They kind of make me less excited not that i won't be seeing shazam right away because i am looking forward to it um just that it it seemed like walking around WonderCon, it was a lot and it felt like noise not to disrespecting the creators there but and i don't think that, that their stuff is unimportant i think their stuff is very important but it's very important to them and i'm kind of in a place where again where i'm reconstituting myself and just kind of weighing what's important to me right now as I get older and we continue to do Geekscape and Geekscape 100% forever, we're fucking doing that. Don't even think about unsubscribing. You're getting Geekscapes until the day I die. <laughs> but um, but it felt like noise to me because it wasn't mine. It wasn't my stuff. It wasn't speaking to me. And a lot of the stuff wasn't speaking to me. So I was kind of bummed out. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, I've got a couple hours before the panel I have to do. Um, and I'm looking forward to the panel. And maybe I'll go back to where I'd park my car and I'll get out my laptop and I'll work a little bit more on the screenplays that were due on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and as I'm walking outside to to, to go to my car, uh, I sit down for a little bit um, just to kind of go through the program because I said, you know what? You're here. You can always write tomorrow. You've scheduled to write tomorrow. You're here right now. Maybe there's something in the program that you're going to want to check out. So I'm sitting there outside of the convention center, and I got to tell you that the cosplay was crazy. If you're not following Geekscape Forever on Instagram, I, I sent a lot of cool cosplay photos to Michaela, who's our, I'm just going to call her our social media coordinator, and she's been posting a lot of cool cosplay from WonderCon and from Emerald City. Uh, so if you're into seeing a lot of that cool stuff, definitely go and, and subscribe to Geekscape Forever on Instagram. And I'm hanging out, kind of being quiet by myself on this little bench. Uh, and I go through the program and I see that there's a Tolkien, uh, panel happening in the arena. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Nicholas Holt is playing Tolkien, the creator of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit in a biopic that's being, uh, put out May 10th by Fox Searchlight. And I saw that there was a panel on that stuff coming up and I, guys, the Hobbit changed my freaking life. It just did. When I was... I was I was it was like the fourth grade and my parents got divorced and I didn't know what the hell was happening and my life was upended my my little life and my little hobbit hole was upended and my father and and I was getting in the car to do a a, a trip with my mom to Mexico it was the first time my dad wasn't driving us to Mexico to, to visit grandparents my father gave me a copy of the hobbit oh my god <laughs> life changing you know to have somebody who felt so powerless like their entire world was just being challenged and then suddenly read the story about this how the smallest among us can do the greatest uh can can 
I think just the message that, that, that we are all capable of the greatest things in this, you know, and sometimes they come in the smallest packages just really was empowering to me. And so I was like, I'm going to watch the Tolkien panel and it's going to, it starts in about 40 minutes. So I'm just going to chill here for a little bit. And I got myself a, a coffee and I sat down next to me, uh, a kid who was sitting at another bench, I think was feeling crowded by other people. There was a lot of cosplayers out there. And this this young kid, go, uh, he, he was probably in high school. <laughs> That'll tell you how old I am. And he shuffles over and he, he sits on my bench. He sits over here and he's playing a switch. And I can't help myself if I see somebody playing a switch. I have to ask them, what are you playing? Then I realize the kid is special needs. Uh, not Down syndrome, but definitely had a pretty intense form of autism. Um, he it wasn't looking me in the eye, but he was like, I'm playing Pokemon. Uh, let's go Pikachu. And he's playing it. And, uh, oh, my God, what a sweet kid. And he's – you guys who played through Pokemon uh, Red and Yellow and, and Blue and uh, and, let, and let's go Pikachu and, and Eevee know that, you know, the SS – Whatever that ship is, the cruise ship. I said, I said, how far are you in the game? And he said, I, I've beaten two gyms. And he was on the SS whatever it is, the SS Minnow, whatever it is. <laughs> I think that's from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> and, he's, and he's walking around that cruise ship, and he doesn't know where the final boss is. And and he said, do you think you can help me? And this kid, uh man he was it was tough i mean the, the, uh, he he had it he had like a pretty severe autism and 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 so i couldn't always tell if he was talking to me if he was talking to himself it was very ran man like and uh and and i and i was like well let me take a look and i look over his shoulder and he's and i tell him oh the boss is in the, i think the lower right map corner of that of that ship and he got the he gets the boss and he'd already beaten the boss and I said, wait. He says, what do I do next? And I said, oh, you have to get off the ship. And just to warn you, though, when you get off the ship, you should go through every room and check because once you get off the ship, the ship pulls away. I don't know. For you guys, you guys who have played Pokemon, uh, that Pokemon, yeah, the ship goes away. So I said, just make sure you've cleared out everything on the ship because, man, there's nothing worse in an RPG than clearing a dungeon and not being able to go back in there. <laughs> so, uh, so. You know, suffering is just this excessive focus on self. And I was depressed and I was thinking, where's my place and all this? And and it just really, really reaffirmed me talking to that kid that maybe his high school life just stinks. I mean, he is working through with something that, you know, whether or not he's aware of it is a social challenge to him. He seemed perfectly happy, and then we started talking about Pokemon Sword and Shield and how it's set in England, and he's like, maybe Queen Elizabeth will be in the game, and I said, maybe uh, you know they'll have Stonehenge or something cool in the game that's British, and he's like, Stonehenge has been in the game, and I was like, corrected. <laughs> this kid knew his Pokemon. Um, but just that experience cheered me up, and, and I, I just kept thinking, you know what, like, Maybe his family has had a rough time with with dealing with a kid with a disability, and here you are, and you're perfect health. You're old, but you're perfect health, and you're in like let's just kind of be present, and let's just remember that this isn't about you. This is about community, and things don't always speak to you, but that doesn't mean you can't listen. And 
and then I, I, I went to the Tolkien panel and I, and I watched a couple of clips and I'm looking forward to the movie because again, it was super influential for me, uh, reading the Hobbit and then going into the Lord of the Rings, uh, and really was a major building block that and like the X-Men comics were like the major building blocks of, of where we are today with Geekscape. This just doesn't exist without that stuff. And um, and it and it felt pretty good. And and I went and I did that panel afterwards. And I love talking to Bryant and and uh, Barbara and Hannibal. And Justin was fantastic. And we had a really good panel. And I really, if you you guys are at all interested in us discussing Watchmen and the Watchmen 10th anniversary and how DC and Warner Brothers are treating the Watchmen franchise, and obviously we have this upcoming Watchmen show on uh, on HBO. Um, then definitely, definitely look out for that panel. So I did not hang out a whole lot afterwards. And usually there's a lot of hanging out after a convention before everybody heads back. Um, and I've just kind of wanted to stay quiet. I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of social anxiety folks. I know it's weird for somebody as social as me, but you know what? I'm having a tough time. We had a rap party for, uh, chasing Fletcher Allen on Thursday night. And I used the excuse that I was hanging at the door to like let people in just because even though I had worked with all these people and I love these people, it was a lot of people. <laughs> and, and I, and I'm still kind of going through therapy and I'm, I'm still kind of working through a lot of the things that I've been working through. And I, I mean, I won't lie. My, uh, my ex-wife uh, has been reaching out to me and wanting to reconnect and I'm, having a very tough time with that. Uh, I I don't want to talk a lot about it, but I will be lying if it says it doesn't fuck me up when I get a phone call that goes to a voicemail <laughs> or something that just sounds cheerful and nice and all this stuff that I won't lie to you. I wanted that for years and I wanted a lot of that, but but people aren't constant. And not everyone is happy all the time. But seeing the windows of that stuff really hurts. And um, and just, it, it fucking mind fucks you. And I was in my storage unit two weeks ago getting Geekscape shirts to mail to you guys. And I'm there with my buddy Guy, who directed the movie we co-wrote in, in Brazil. And he's one of my closest friends. And, and we share the storage unit. And I'm in there just trying to get the shirts, but also I got to clear some stuff out of that storage unit. And I find all these old letters and they're happy and Hey, and they're, I mean, they're, they're the letters you would send in a relationship. And I just, I just turned to Guy and I said, man, like I didn't fuck up my life. Did I like, I'm like, I did the right thing. And in dissolving my marriage and I just, Oh my God, guys, <laughs> what a mind fuck. I mean, I don't like throwing that stuff out because that was my life. And you can go through my Instagram or my Facebook or whatever right now and you can see those photos of those relationships and the relationships I've had with people who've moved on. Earlier last week, my friend Matt Siner died of freaking colon cancer. He was 33 years old. He died last weekend. And he he wasn't supposed to freaking die. He's from our workout group. And he... he what 30-year-old gets checked for colon cancer? And by the time he got it, knew he had it, it's stage four. 
and he's gone. So I had a pretty bad week. <laughs> then I have to go talk about Watchmen. <laughs> it, it's just such a mess, right? And I'm just trying to navigate all this stuff. And um, and and don't worry, we're going to talk about how I went to see Us and I saw Dumbo and how I'm very much looking forward to Shazam. Um, but wow, I just have to talk to you guys because that was just a cluster F of constant weaving and bobbing through stuff coming at me on top of that like i'm a professor and we had finals last week and i had a lot of work on top of trying to deliver these screenplays one of which is about my freaking life the last couple of years um so so yeah it, it's been a lot it's it, it's been a lot so i come home it is almost midnight by the time I get home, and uh, and and I got to tell you guys, I've never heard from this Geekscapist before, but I'm doing the thing right before bed where you check your Instagram, you check your social medias before you put your bed away, <laughs> and I get this message from someone, you know, in like Instagram where you have the messages from people that you follow and follow back, but then there's like those messages that are usually spam that are like that you have to accept or decline that's like hey do you want to accept this and i see this message is like in there so i'm like all right let me let me clean these out and i click on it and there's one in there that is from a geekscapist and i am not going to say their name but this is what i read are you ready for this this is after the woe is me day where i'm just kind of trying to figure out where my brain is at here it is Hi, Jonathan. I've been following your podcast since I was in year seven and felt like an outcast. Geekscape gave me something to look forward to and made me realize that I wasn't weird. <laughs> LOL. As I got older, I forgot about Geekscape and became busy with uni and life, but I always wore the blue Geekscape shirt that I got online when you put them up for sale. Haha. <laughs> no judgment. You can forget about Geekscape. It's fine. When life got shit, I searched your podcast thinking I might have can- it might have been canceled, and I'm so glad it wasn't. The podcast on Stan was the first that popped up. I'm glad it did. At the time, I felt stuck in a relationship, but I couldn't understand why something didn't feel right and why I was holding on to it. What you said about wanting the stability in life and finding a relationship to provide that for me made so much sense to me. Your podcast... Your podcasts have been getting me through this hard time of separation, and I just wanted you to thank you for that. I do not know this person from Adam. I've never met this person, but they wrote me this this message about how me talking about missing Stan and going through my divorce and separation and and all that, um, it helped them through theirs. And I got to tell you guys, Geekscape forever. (laughs) This is what this is about. Someone asked me over the weekend... What maybe at WonderCon, what Geekscape was, what's the podcast, why is the podcast different? And I got to tell you, I have a new slogan Real Talk first, Geek Talk second. I don't want Geekscape to just be the place that you go to to find out what Jonathan thought about that piece of entertainment. You guys know this, I've said this before. I, I think that stuff is disposable, it's not evergreen, I think that it's all over the internet. And maybe it wasn't when we started, but it is now, and it's a lot of noise. And I'm—I really appreciate you guys 
respect my opinion on a lot of this stuff that we're consuming. Um, and I love disagreeing with you guys sometimes, and I love having the conversation. But it's not what makes us up. It's not re- what's real. In five years, none of this stuff is going to matter. We'll be in a different place, our, but our relationship hopefully will still be there. Um, reading this message just freaking rocked me. It was awesome. It's exactly what I wanted to read. It clarified so much, and I just have to say thank you to this person who will not be named uh, for, for, for saying that. You have no idea how much I needed that, and it's clear that um, that my rambling <laughs> here on Geekscape is something that you needed at the moment. And you know what? Here's the promise. Geekscape forever. As long as you listen, I'm going to be saying this. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be bringing on guests. I've got some cool guests lined up. I've got a guest from the new Hellboy movie coming up next week. Next week, you guys get two podcasts. You get someone from the new Hellboy movie. And don't worry. Like, you guys are going to dig it. Um, the Horror Movie Night kids are definitely going to dig it. Uh, you get a new guest. And you get the Shazam special with Ian. So, you got some cool Geekscape coming up. And then you know that, like, at, towards the end of the month, we got freaking Endgame coming. Avengers Endgame's coming out. And then we're just rolling into May, and we're just getting hit all the way through summer, all this pop culture stuff. And then I'm going to see you guys in San Diego. I got to tell you, I, I went with my producer, George, a Geekscape partner, George. Uh, hung out with him a little earlier today. And we have these these hats that that we have made. They're, they're kind of weird hats. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yet if I love the hats. But I've always wanted Geekscape hats, but I've been trying to find a price point where the Geekscape hats are worth it for you guys to get Geekscape hats. I don't want to sell you guys $50 Geekscape hats. I'd like to sell you guys maybe $20 to $30 Geekscape hats. Same thing with the hoodies. But if we're making them in such a small quantity, sometimes the price has to go up. I'm trying to figure it out, guys. He has these these friends who have this, um, what is the name of this stuff? I'm I'm, going to share it. Because I think it's, I don't know if it's cool or not cool, <laughs> but um, let me take a look. He, he sent it to me on Instagram. Uh, I want to give them a shout out because they did make us some cool prototype Geekscape hats. And um, and what's crazy about these hats is like they have Velcro on the front. They're called Badge M Official. And what they do is they make these hats and the hats have like Velcro on the front. We've had these Geekscape trucker hats made. And then you take the Velcro and you can put like... Nintendo patches on it or movie patches like Spider-Man, comic book stuff, whatever your pop culture thing is, whatever you want the hat to have a symbol of or a picture of, maybe it's Angry Birds or Ultraman or something like that, you just Velcro it to the hat. So the hat, it's not entirely Velcro, but the front of it is Velcro. And then you take the, the patch, I think these are like badges, I think they're calling them badges, and you, uh, you take the badge... And you just stick it to your hat so you can change your hat out. Whatever your hat is, you can change out the design anytime. And we got some Geekscapes. I picked up five hats of Geekscape um, badges that you can rip off or put back on however you want. And so they're kind of Geekscape hats, but I mean, I don't know. Um, I know that I have one for me and everyone who's going to be working in the Geekscape booth this summer. Uh, these cool black and green trucker hats. So um, I'll be wearing one. And I'm meeting with our web guy, Paul, on Wednesday to talk about the website that we're launching, uh, the brand new Geekscape website. And I'll, I'll be giving him one of these hats. So 
technically there's Geekscape hats. I don't know if I'm totally into them, but who knows? Maybe by the time Comic Con rolls around, these things will like blown up, and it's what all the kids are into: trading the patches and the badges, and they're putting them on each other's hats, and they're like, "Ooh, let me get a Geekscape one." And maybe we are on the front of a trend. <laughs> I don't know. This is freaking Geekscape. We're here because we've never been on a trend ever. <laughs> We're geeks, and we love it. We self-identify as this stuff. So I got to tell you, um, as I said last week on the podcast, um, the boys at Horror Movie Night, that's one of our other podcasts, went to see us, and they put an Us special up last weekend. I don't want to necessarily talk about Us. It's a movie that I really appreciate. And think is pretty competent, but I have some thoughts on it. But I do also have maybe this is a surprise to you. I have a marketing job at Universal. It's a part time marketing job, and I've had it since like just before the podcast, since two thousand five. And because us is a Universal film, um, I do talk about Universal films sometimes here. But I try and pick around them a little bit, and I will just let the horror movie night boys talk about us because from talking to them, I think that. My feelings about the film are very similar to their feelings about the film. Um, Jordan Peele is incredible and he's super talented. Um, go listen to that podcast and see what they think. And if you enjoyed us, awesome. If you didn't enjoy us, maybe it'll be awesome and cathartic for you to listen to these boys pick through it. And maybe it'll put voice to how you're feeling about the movie. Um, because I just liked that it was challenging. I liked that whether you love it or hate it or somewhere in the middle, it's a challenging movie. It's got some cool ideas. And you have to wrestle with them and you have to be like, oh, what is that about? What is that about? And I think at the end of the day, the questions are always more important than the answers. And that is freaking life. I don't know if it's 101 because it took me a long time to get to it. But after being a know-it-all for so long but realizing my life really wasn't what I wanted it to be, maybe I'm not the guy who should be going around being a know-it-all and ultimately just realize, hey, dude. The questions are always more important than the answers, okay? Having questions is super important. Having answers, mm, do you really want to be at the end of the road? Do you really want to know what the end is? Do you really want to know what the, you know, what's next? No. You want the questions. That's what drives you. Uh, I did go see Dumbo, though. Dumbo is a movie that I almost didn't see. This is Tim Burton's Dumbo with Colin Farrell, and um, it's got Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, and Ava Green. And obviously, Dumbo. I love Dumbo. I love the original Dumbo. I think it's such a cool movie. It's like 65 minutes long. It's a, it's such a short movie. And it is so sweet and so much fun. And I love the message of you didn't need the magic feather. Right? Dumbo's this elephant with the big ears. And he can fly. But he only believes he can fly with this feather. And then in the end, he loses the feather. And he still has to fly. He has to fly now more than ever. And at the end of Dumbo, he learns it was inside him all along. I think it's like The Hobbit. It's such an important message to tell kids. And I love Dumbo so much. Reading the reviews, though, almost didn't... I mean, I almost didn't see this movie because I'm hearing these reviews and they're very lukewarm. And I'm hearing things like the movie is boring and the movie is not about Dumbo but more about the human characters. And there's some credit to that, but... I got to tell you, I really, really enjoyed Dumbo. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Visually, obviously, you're going to walk into a Tim Burton movie and it's going to just be off the rails. Visual is going to look so great. And some of the green screen stuff definitely affected me. I, I, I'm not entirely loving this Disney trend of 
shooting a lot of stuff on green screen as we're seeing in like the Jungle Book. Although I thought John Favreau's Jungle Book was phenomenal, but in the Dumbo stuff early on, the, the green screen stuff took a little getting used to because they're in like a field in Georgia or Arkansas somewhere, and I'm like, wait, you couldn't find a field. <laughs> <laughs> but there were so many actors and like there's just so much going on in those scenes that I understand why they shot a green screen like there're just so many elements getting put together in those scenes it's really a huge production um i i can understand why people thought that they the movie centered a lot on the human characters dumbo is a, a quiet elephant <laughs> he does not have any dialogue in the movie that being in that being said you also can't have talking mice in this real more realistic version of dumbo the live action version of dumbo because obviously the talking mice are in the the original movie and they're the ones who like give them the feather and stuff like that um that that those roles are the, the mice are still in the movie but they're actual mice they're they're not talking but the 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 job of the mice in communicating with dumbo in kind of expressing what a dumbo is feeling that responsibility is giving to the two two child actors who play Colin Farrell's um, kids and Colin Farrell comes back from World War One, and he's missing an arm so he's at a disadvantage in getting his job back with the circus where he is a stunt writer really the main part of the circus the big event of the circus is this guy who's um, who's a cowboy who rides around lassoing things and now he's come back from World War One, and he doesn't have one of his arms and so his he, he's kind of uh, they're trying to Danny DeVito's character I think is really well written and he runs the circus and he's just trying to figure out how to still utilize this person who really is not a whole like he it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough gig getting this guy to still be a part of the circus um, the animation's incredible on Dumbo it's it's really like some tear jerky stuff <laughs> especially when Dumbo gets separated from his mom which is what something that happens in the original happens here and is the whole impetus for like now Dumbo has to kind of go it alone and and and, and do all this stuff Michael Pe- Keaton plays a great bad guy and it is great to see Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito together with Tim Burton the whole Batman Returns going coming back and uh and man if they would have just found a way to put Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie that would have been awesome um I enjoyed it it's it's fun and uh, some of the stuff is very on the nose. You do get hit over the head with a lot of the stuff in the movie. But if I had kids, I think they would really enjoy Dumbo. It was fun, and um, and I felt good watching it. I was like, hey, this is this is a feel good movie. <laughs> After the emotional emotional maelstrom that was last week, I definitely needed some Dumbo and just be like, ah, oh, it's okay to just be happy and have the characters in the movie explain the movie to you, <laughs> like. You know, when a character's like, he's looking for his mom. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, well, the elephant could have told us that in its action. But, okay, fine. We'll have a 10-year-old tell us to. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I, I, was, I was I was done by Sunday. I needed my hand held. Uh, I went with Chasing Fletcher Allen's star and co-writer, uh, Heidi Cox. And, and I kind of went to the movie with her because... When the trailer came out, she couldn't watch the trailer without crying. <laughs> and I was like, is it cool or is it cruel to go to see this movie with her? Because I kind of want to see the movie because it's Tim Burton. you got to respect it. Um, and I kind of want to see the movie to just see how much she's going to cry through this. Suffice to, fa- <laughs> Suffice to say, Geekscapists, 
I was not disappointed by the amount of tears and pain she went through watching that movie. <laughs> she cried the whole time. It was awesome. Um, so that was Dumbo, and it was fun. Um, I was going to tell you guys, I've been catching up on comics. I've been slowing down a little bit on my comic purchases, which has allowed me to go into reading the thousands and thousands of comics I have not read that I've bought over the last three years. Um, I've been reading the Charles Soule. I, I hope that I pronounced that right. He was a writer on Daredevil uh, before this current renumbering from issue number one that just happened in Marvel. Um, he's written this uh, this kind of run in Daredevil where Daredevil had like a black costume with like red pieces to it. And he took on an understudy named Blindspot, who's this Asian uh, character who's like uh, undocumented. He's an undocumented immigrant there in Chinatown in New York. And he's developed this suit blind spot has where he can go invisible and so he and Dar- he's kind of daredevil's kind of showing him the ropes on or showing him the ropes on like becoming vigilante there in new york city and it's and it's really good and then wilson fisk the kingpin of crime becomes mayor and starts outlawing you know uh superheroes and this and that and vigilantes in new york and kind of has he starts to put together a, like almost a cabinet right like a mayoral cabinet of like the owl and um and tombstone and all these bad guys from you know the similar street level marvel universe there in new york so i gotta tell you charles Sewell is he's doing it it can't be unconscious like he's doing a trump metaphor with this stuff like from having blind spot being an undocumented uh immigrant who is out there being a vigilante trying to protect chinatown and you know his his neighborhood knowing that if he was ever caught by the police um he could get deported back to china you know it obviously mirrors what's going on here with our southern border when trump you know went into office and started shutting down the airports and saying that immigrants from certain countries couldn't come in uh and seek you know either asylum or or immigrate here or even visit family here or even i don't know go to college here (laughs) some of these kids were like trying to return to college after going overseas to visit their families for the holidays they came back and they couldn't even go back to school um so things like shutting down the airports and so that is you know and then up to the point where uh wilson fisk has become mayor uh, because he's going to go after these vigilantes. It really, really, really uh, reflects the whole Trump going after people. I'm going to go after these people. The you know I'm going to stoke up the xenophobia or the homophobia and all this stuff, and I'm going to go after these people, and, and I'm going to build a wall and all this stuff. And uh, that's kind of what uh, Wilson Fisk used to become mayor of New York City. And now Matt Murdock looks up, and he's Daredevil, and he's Matt Murdock, and Wilson Fisk is mayor, and... Uh, and it's it's a pretty good run. I'm, I'm pretty happy catching up with it. It's a it's a really good comic, and like I said earlier, like as a superhero book, it's doing a pretty good job of commenting on uh, what's going on in the world today and, and giving me a little bit of a prism to it, or maybe just catharsis. Because damn, at this point, I just want catharsis. <laughs> I just want some kind of like release from the the distraction algorithm horror show that I'm seeing every day. Uh, and I'm getting it here with my Daredevil comic. So that's what I've been up to, Geekscape. Is I um, I think this is a little bit of a, a shorter Geekscape, but I don't have anybody to interview. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to talk to you one-on-one. I wanted it to just be us. And whoever else is listening in your car or at home or at your work, um, just kind of wanted to do a little bit of a State of the Union. Again, 
thank you guys for listening all these years. I can't wait to bring you guys a Shazam special next week and uh, sit down and talk some Hellboy. I'm really looking forward to Hellboy. I think there'll be a Hellboy special too. We're going to be cranking out the podcast. If you guys, if this wasn't enough for you, we got tons of other podcasts here on the network. Um, we got some really cool stuff. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to anything that says Geekscape on it. And I guarantee you, it'll be pretty damn good. Um, I kind of talked about what's coming up, but what I would like for you guys to do right now, while you're still listening to my voice, is get on your little podcatcher, whichever you're using. Maybe go over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and tell people why they should be listening to Geekscape. And then I, I probably want you to, to, to go back to your, your podcasting app, and I want you to hit that little share button, and I want you to share Geekscape on your social media platforms or email it to your friends or text it to your friends and be like, hey, maybe pick out one of your favorite episodes. Maybe it is the Captain Marvel special or the Spider-Verse special or um, one of the episodes or interviews that we've done over the last year. I love the Dean Devlin episode from a year ago. That was so cool. I love talking geeky stuff with other people. Um, go there. Hit that little share button right now. Well, I'm talking to you. Do it, do it right now. And just share it with your friends. Because you know what? We're not stopping this anytime soon. <laughs> this is going to keep going. And we're a community. And I want to give a shout out to the unnamed person who sent me that message last uh, a couple days ago. And, uh, and just say, hey, that's proof right there that what we're doing is working. And it doesn't have to work for everyone. Because we're geeks. And it's never going to be popular. I mean, I know you, you. it's like the Avengers and stuff are movie theaters and stuff like that. But you know what? We're still like, <laughs> we're not the jocks. We're not the, we're not, it, that's just never going to be us. But it's not for them. It's for you. And you, and you, and you, and you. And so this is our community. Let's grow it a little bit. Just share this with your friends. Tell them this is about connection. It's about not hating, but creating. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go and create art. You can go and create just a moment. You could go and create a relationship. Uh, Like sitting there with my friend on Friday, playing a little Let's Go Pokemon on the Switch. It's about just making somebody's day a little bit better. Because we're stuck on this molten spinning rock flying through vacuum everything in the cosmos is designed to kill us (laughs) we should not exist but we do exist we exist together we're stuck in this together and so let's be there for each other let's be here together so keep sharing i can only affect what's in the immediacy and that's geekscape so thank you for listening to my voice i'm jonathan Follow me on those socials that you want to. And obviously follow Geekscape wherever you want. And I will share that Watchmen episode wherever, um, whenever you, whenever it comes up. Yeah. All right, Geekscapers, I'm going to go watch some basketball because it makes me feel good. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.